Welcome back to the Grind Season Podcast. I'm your host, Saint, and we're going to get right back into another installment of Saturday Sports Talk. And obviously, the first item on our uh, on our list, if you will, is the Leafs were bounced by the Florida Panthers uh, two nights ago. And I was waiting, you know, I was, I was meaning to get back on the podcast and talk about uh, how the series was going, but I figured when, once they went down 2-0, I figured it's likely they would get bounced at some point and i figured i would just wait until it happened and i would talk about the series as a whole um but <laughs> it ended up happening sooner than sooner than i thought at that point so they went down 2-0 florida won uh in ot in, in game three um so at that point when within when they were down 3-0 i figured the most the two most likely things that would happen were uh They'd get swept in Game 4, or they'd win Game 4 and lose Game 5, which is the second one is uh, what ended up happening. So there you go. That's usually what ends up happening if you go on 3-0 in the in, uh, NHL playoffs. But, they, yep, they got bounced. Um, I want to say a great effort from Joseph Wall. First of all, let's start with the positives. Um, uh, yeah, I, I liked what I saw from the young goaltender. I thought he showed, he showed a lot of... Um, he showed a lot of consistency, which is something that when, when your goaltender is not consistent behind you, and I'm not just talking about the playoffs, I'm talking about in general. It can be infuriating to watch as a coach, as a fan, and probably as a teammate, although that's something you would you would have to um, keep to yourself, obviously, right? But um, yeah, I think... I, I really liked what I saw from him. I, I saw fundamentally good goaltending, and uh, I, I'm interested to see uh, how he builds on it next season. So that's one thing. What else did I like? I liked um, Achari. I liked Lafferty. I liked David Kampf. Uh, he he came up in some big ways. He was, uh, at times, one of the most not- noticeable players uh, on the ice for the Leafs, David Kampf. He had a decent series. I'm not sure about his numbers, but he was noticeable on the ice. Uh, his shifts were his shifts were productive at times, and um, he was he wasn't afraid of he wasn't afraid of the boards, <laughs> which I you know you can't say the same for a guy like Marner, um, which which uh, I guess is a good segue uh, into the negatives, um, for, from what I saw from the Leafs. So from the first game with Tampa, the first uh, couple seconds, game one. Like oh what almost a month ago now I I knew uh, they were fucked because they were just they just got outplayed right out the gate you know and when 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 it's that noticeable to that extent it's 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 hard to bounce back from that but they did and they ended up uh, winning the series in six games and that was great to see John Tavares the actually I made like a six minute episode talking about them advancing so uh, we've heard about this on the podcast before but they did advance past Tampa. Monkeys off the back. Now you got Florida. Now I think they were celebrating their uh, first round advancement all the way into the third game of <laughs> the second round because uh, something happened. I mean, again, out of the gates they were outplayed. I didn't love what I saw in game one to in games one or two. I thought uh, they just there was no space, and we'll get into that. I I did like what I saw in game three. Even though they obviously lost, is probably one of their better games played. In in the Panther series, uh, game four obviously they they took they took a W and then they lost uh, game five. But 
yeah, so so as I was saying, the first and this has really really been a problem um, from the moment they stepped foot in the playoffs, but uh, uh, specifically in this in this Panther series, um, they had no space, and that that that's uh, partly a symptom of just uh, bad fundamental play and also not being physical enough. They never had space to shoot. Their zone entries were. Uh, under a lot of pressure they never they never really they they were always yeah they're always on so what what it's very typical to see um from the Leafs not just in the playoffs but this season is just they get they get squeezed along the fucking boards um and trying to make a zone entry uh and also trying to even even get into the neutral zone sometimes they they just they the winger and the the left defenseman or whatever they'll, they'll they'll just squeeze them against the boards and then it's either a turnover or they have to dump it that's another problem when when they just couldn't find couldn't find a lane couldn't get into the offensive zone they would just dump it and turn it over and the forechecking wasn't wasn't up to par to where they could they could put sustain pressure even not uh e- even even not having the their offensive zone entries how they would want because the forechecking was so uh, miserable in certain games and just barely passable in others, they weren't they weren't sustaining that pressure long enough to 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 have to field uh, a competitive response to the goals that they were being scored by by Tampa. First of all, they were able to overcome that, but then by the Panthers, they weren't. So it's it's all uh, connected to each other. It's all uh, a symptom of this or a symptom of that, but. Uh, in the end, I think it's not the Leafs aren't in a horrible, horrible position going into next season because these are problems that are identifiable. I've identified them. Other people have identified them. I'm not the first person to talk about this, and um, the, you can you can make moves to build on that. Um, I'm sure Kyle Dubas is very happy to not have gotten sacked because had they gotten. Um, had they gotten abused by by Tampa in the first round, um, I think at least at the very least Sheldon Keefe would be gone. At the very least, you have to you you would you would think right Keefe would be gone, Dubis would be on the outs. I would think, I could be wrong. That's that's that that would be my assumption. Um, but obviously that didn't happen, so I think he's <laughs> he's gonna avoid the unemployment line um, for now. But yeah, so. As I said, uh, the zone entries and the forechecking and all this and all that, it, it they just weren't physical enough most of the time and most of their players. And the people, the big players that they, first of all, that they give tens of millions of dollars to uh, in their contracts, like I think, what does Matthews make? Like 11 million, something like that. Marner is not too far behind him. I think they gave Tavares 11.5 um, and per year, okay, multi-year deals. These are people that need not 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 should need to come through for you in, in big moments, aka the playoffs. They need to they need to put up numbers. And if they're not putting up numbers, if they're not feeling it, uh, if they're not they're not. Um, I don't know if they're. <laughs> I don't know. They have a cold or something. I don't know. They at least need to be physical. They need to create sp- space for their teammates to shoot. At least the very least you can do for eleven and a half million dollars a year. Okay. Um, they just, I just wasn't seeing physical hockey from them. I, first of all, let's talk about Matthews. Matthews is a big dude. He's always had, from the moment he came into the league, 
obviously he's been a big dude. With a dude this size, you would think he would be able to be more physical than he is. Um, he doesn't finish his checks a lot of the time. And, you know, uh, and on the boards, I mean. And when it's not on the boards, he kind of just, I don't know, sticks his ass out there and hopes to catch something flying by, essentially. That's a gay way to say it, but that's kind of what he does. He He's not, um, it's, it's almost like he's scared of people smaller than him, right? It's kind of infuriating to watch. He can create space for himself on his best days, but on his worst days, he needs supplementary pieces. He's been playing um, semi-injured. This has been apparent from the whole series. His his wrist shot just hasn't been um, hasn't been Matthews like this season, extending into the playoffs. He, I, I don't know if the stats support this, just but just based on the eye test, it seems like he's been relying on the slap shot a lot more this season. Same with Marner, although I don't, to my knowledge, Marner, there's no problem with Marner uh, health wise. But that's that's what I've been seeing, and um, I think. For for Matthews' value as a player, both monetarily and just in terms of team contribution, uh, sorry, contribution, um, for it that to be what he probably thinks it is and what his agent thinks it is and what the Toronto fan base thinks it is, he needs to be more physical. He doesn't fight, not that I would want him to because, you know, you don't want to risk, um, you don't want to risk injury uh, fighting. And first of all, it's more it's more penalty minutes, obviously five minute major. But um, he is clearly hesitant, bordering on scared. Marner, Mitch Marner is just scared. He just he just well he refuses to be physical. His forechecking, uh, Michael. Uh, say what you will about Michael Bunting, but Michael Bunting is a fucking pest. His forechecking at times has been fantastic. At times, it's not been fantastic, but. He has that ability. He has the capacity. I've never seen that from Mitch Marner. Never. Never. I I think he came up with Matthews in 2016. At the latest, 2017, 2018. At the latest. Um, but I think he was there before that. I have never seen... And I've watched the Leafs every year. I've, I've never seen him be that guy. Obviously, he's a smaller dude. That's not his game. But there's times when you just need to step up. And not... I'm not talking about fucking... Cadre smashing people into the boards. I'm just talking about fundamental physical play, creating space for your teammates, making solid passes, and just having space to take a shot and not getting squeezed along the boards and turning the puck over and not allowing turnovers on the forecheck all the time. Matthews struggled with that sometimes. Marner struggled with that, uh, especially in game five. I, I, I saw Marner turnover a couple uh to opposing four checks like i think two or three times is you, you can't be doing that you especially can't be doing that multiple times in one period i think i've i think i saw that from him in game five could be wrong correct me if i'm wrong but that's something you just can't you just can't do right especially with a young goalie in there you need to you need to support him maybe a little bit more than you would someone like say matt murray uh samsonov you just you you gotta be fundamentally better now Nylander is slightly better at what we've been talking about um, than Matthews and Marner. He is slightly better. He doesn't need as much space to shoot as Matthews does. Or I, I won't say shoot. I'll say um, he doesn't need as much space to just make something happen in general. Matthews 
as good as beautiful and as crisp as uh, his best wrist shot is, he needs at least some space. What Nylander, what Nylander do, sorry, more times, is um, he'll take the he'll take the one timer on a on a power play sometimes. But what I've seen him do a lot during his career is just crash the net, just crash the net. Don't get too cute. Don't get too fancy with it. Just have a good solid shot to the net where the goalie isn't. And a lot of the times he'll score on it. He had a really good season, really good regular season this year. Um, he always kind of fucking irritated me before the season um, because he first of all he wouldn't finish his checks uh, which always bothers me this that and the other thing he he wasn't making good shot decisions his one-timers were never really too um, good in terms of in terms of contribution but um, he's been better this year part of that is the the tinted visor I believe that's something that's something he cited um maybe something about he couldn't see before i don't know i won't even get into that i won't even get into his contract stuff either but uh, yeah long story short nylander has been slightly better than matthews and marner in that regard um but not that much now john tavares i feel i i can cut john tavares some slack when it comes to that first of all because uh he came up with a big goal in in game six overtime against tampa and it's just that's just a great story, you know, as a hometown kid, uh, putting your team on your shoulders like that. He hasn't had the most amazing playoff, most amazing playoffs, but he's come through in in certain situations where he had to, and that's more than you can say for Matthews and Martin. Now, um, because he is an older guy, he's not old yet. He's not Yaramir Jagr stage, but he is. Um, he's getting up there. He's slowing down. Uh, his numbers are somewhat decreased from his days with the Islanders. Not, not, not to the point where I'd say he's not he's not worth it. Even though 11, 11 five in the NHL is um, steep for anyone, though not just John Tavares for anyone except Connor McDavid. Um, he's been all right. He's been all right. Um, obviously, with a guy like that, you're not expecting him to be as physical. This is where I need Matthews to step up. I need Nylander to step up. And I need Marner to step up where he can. Now, Michael Bunting, always a pest, always physical, always chirping, which I support. I support when it doesn't cross the line because uh, mental games are very important in all sports. Very important. Think about uh, baseball. Think about uh, Johnny Cueto, Johnny Cueto's windup, or or Nestor Cortez, how how they just fuck, how they just fuck with you, right? Mental games, it's important. Uh, whatever you can do to get your opposition off their game and in their own head, important. Now Michael Bunting is good at that; he gets in people's heads. Um, so when he got that suspension, he came back. He was just, I couldn't even tell he was on the ice, right? He was basically scared to repeat it. Um, this is something that probably cost them another win somewhere, or at least a couple goals somewhere along the line, which could have translated into another win. So whether that means the difference between going home in game six versus game five, I don't know, but that, that, that's just, that's just it with Michael Bunting. I think he got suspended when he came back. He just didn't, he, he wasn't physical in the way he needed to be. And all this, I'm talking about physicality, um, this much because it is just so important in 
making a lane for if you look look listen if you more nine times out of ten you don't have space to shoot you don't score goals and it's, it's that it's simple as that to win a hockey game you need more goals than your opponent and if you can't score goals you lose the game it's literally as simple as that quite quite easy so uh they got outplayed plain and simple um i didn't coming into the playoffs i didn't think uh, florida uh frankly stood a chance next to the machine that is Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron. Um, but they won in game... I think they won in game seven, I think. I think they were... De- yeah, that's right. They were down 3-1 and they came back. They won in game seven. Honestly, good for the Panthers. I've always liked the Panthers. I think their front office um, is a bit of a gong show at times, but they've made interesting moves that have seemingly paid off. I think the fan base is very happy with the Kachuk. And obviously, Huberto is a, a very solid player, but I think had the Calgary Flames had Kachuk instead of Huberto, um, they might have sneak, they might have snuck into the playoffs because he is he's just that much better. He's that much better. Huberto, which is no way a slam on Huberto. I, I've always liked Huberto. I've always liked Marcia, so I I didn't know he was only. So I I looked this up recently because he's been uh, great with Vegas, great with Vegas. His whole tenure there, but especially in these playoffs, he's been he's been fantastic. Um, I didn't know. I remember him most as a Panther, but apparently he was only there for one year. I thought he was there for longer. I thought. I guess I thought that core when they had when they oh god who they have they had. I th- I believe they still had Luongo and that had Marcia So Huberdeau. Uh oh man, I'm I'm struggling with names right now. As as I keep talking, some more will come to me, but. That core was was exciting to watch. It really was. Barkov. Barkov. Yeah, that was a fun team. I didn't realize Marcia So was only there for one year. So Vegas, I think, I probably, yeah, I think probably got him in the expansion draft. And um, oh, he's been, I just love watching him play. He's a, he's a fun player. I've always liked his name. It's a very fun name to say, Marcia So. Um, my friend likes using Vegas in NHL uh, 21 just... <laughs> just <laughs> just because uh, he is uh, supposedly scores all of his goals with Jonathan Marsh so I don't I don't know how much truth there is to that um, I I think his rating and it's like 85 86 something like that I don't know he's a good player and he's fun to watch um, so yeah the Leafs are out Carolina beat uh, yeah yeah they did so the Hurricanes beat the Devils so It'll be for the East Eastern Conference Finals. It'll be Panthers and Hurricanes. That'll be a fun series. I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. Now, uh, Seattle just won. They did. Seattle just won tonight. So the Kraken and the Stars are tied 3-3. We're waiting on Game 7. That'll be in probably two or three days. Uh, Vegas won last night. They beat the Oilers. Uh, so they lead 3-2. I... Yeah, I really want to see. I look, as much as I like Marcia so as much as much as I like Jack Eichel, um, as much as I like these guys, I I really want I really want to see McDavid have some more playoff success, and get out of round two. I would really love to see that. I want to see McDavid in in the finals. Um, he's just such a class player, so good, and probably the best I've seen in in my hockey watching days, which, um, to be honest, have been. Brief and I guess in the grand scheme of things, but I've been watching hockey all my life. 
Um, so it, it's, there's, some, there's something to say for McDavid for sure. I mean, listen, I remember when this dude was, was drafted, um, when he, when he first broke in with Edmonton, I, uh, it, it was just massive hype and he has lived up to it. He is just, he's just so class. He's so class. And I want to see him in the finals, but, uh, Marcia so might not, might not let that happen. So I think they played tomorrow night. So we'll see. Uh, definitely something to look for. Uh, and other hockey news, just one more thing I wanted to touch on, or two more things maybe. Uh, Connor Bedard. So there's not often a consensus number one pick. And what I mean by that is, yeah, a lot of years there'll be some dude that stands out as probably going in the first top five. Blah, blah, blah. No, Connor Bedard is different. We've seen what he can do. Uh, not just in the numbers he 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 he's put up, but also in the in the for Team Canada. Okay, we've see we everyone has seen what he can do. Right, fair enough. When 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 I see people, it's just more a problem in baseball. But I kind of get mad, <laughs> not mad, but uh, a little irritated when uh, people gas up uh, undrafted prospects uh, to the point where. Uh, saying saying things like oh he's the next Derek Jeter he's the next this he's the next that he's the next Vlad Guerrero he's the next he's the next Roy Halladay like statements like that I feel like it's just a it's a blanket statement at best for saying so oh this guy's a good pitcher and and an oversell at worst so it bothers me when it comes to hockey it's a similar thing but Bedard is obviously the real deal we've seen that he's he's proven all he can prove at the M, at the junior level. He's proven it. We've seen it. We've seen the stats. That it is what it is. And so, the Blackhawks have won the NHL draft lottery. And people are mad about this. People are mad because of the whole sexual assault allegations, uh, the co- the cover up, the cover ups that happened with that, and they feel as though uh, the Blackhawks don't. They basically don't deserve it. And the way the draft lottery works is. Uh, usually the, t- the team that needs the number one pick most gets screwed out of it. Uh, I wouldn't say that's the Blackhawks, but nevertheless, I think when when people are up in arms about this, they're not they're not taking into consideration the fan base. Yes, the organization, the front office, the coaches, fuck them because to cover up something like that, it's 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 first of all, it is infuriating. Second of all, it's it's a a blemish on the on the wonderful game that is hockey and third it is just despicable on on all on all levels and i'm as a hockey fan i'm extremely disappointed and it makes me mad but the fans had nothing to fucking do with that so i think that bedard is a consolation prize again fuck fuck everything fuck the organization okay but i'm just thinking about if i was a chicago blackhawks fan first of all i'm mad about this and then I don't know if I would be interested in watching the team anymore if, if I didn't see massive change and massive improvement. Because, first of all, the Hawks fucking suck this year. Regardless, regardless of any of that, they were not they were not fielding, or I should say, they were not putting a competitive team on the ice uh, uh, this, this last season. So with Connor Bedard, most likely, most like, maybe he, he falls a couple spots. I think it's very unlikely. Very unlikely. I, I, there's not a lot of consensus number one picks that are so uh, unanimously agreed upon. Uh, I guess Eric Lindros comes to mind, but you don't see it often, right? 
there's there's this dude from Russia and there's a couple more guys, but Bedard is that guy in the upcoming draft. Okay, so it's it's a ninety eight percent percent chance likely that 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 uh, Chicago snags him. So I am not as mad about this as other people. Again, do the front office and all these people that were involved in this cover up in this in this whole fucking scheme, do they? Do they deserve to have such luck fall into their laps? No, they don't. They do not. But I feel bad for the fans and uh, just just enjoy him because he's 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 class, and I think he's gonna be very he's gonna perform very very well at the NHL level. And I'm glad I'm glad the Leafs never even got to sniff a chance at drafting him because they would waste him like they're wasting Matthews. But uh, it is what it is. So Bedard, mostly out. We'll we'll talk about when the time comes, when the draft comes. We'll talk about this. We'll talk about it again. We'll go over some more other draft picks that are con- widely considered to probably go in the first round. We'll talk about that. But as of now, that's where it stands. Connor Bedard, most likely, most in mo- yeah, most likely to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, just one more NHL thing to touch on before we move on to baseball. Uh, what I would do if I was GM of the Leafs and to address what just happened. So this is different. This is different from last season because last season, what I was saying last season was, I, may, I might have even said it. I think I did. I think I did say it on the playoffs last season after this happened. Um, you need to address the fact that a lot of these guys seem to think losing is okay. That it's losing is acceptable. You don't get paid to lose. You should hate losing. Uh, I don't know who wrote the who wrote the script for Moneyball, but in the words of wise words of him, whoever him is or her, I don't know. Uh, you should hate losing more than you like to win, and there's a difference. You should hate losing so much, and I just don't. I I feel like they developed a, a fucking losing culture in that clubhouse. Like for some reason they hit the ice and they expected to get bounced for the amount of just look throw numbers out the window for a second for the amount of talent that is on the Maple Leafs roster they should not be getting bounced by a Florida Panthers team Florida is a great team let me not take anything away from them but this is the Leafs we're talking about this is a team with not only Austin Matthews who has struggled this season but let's not let's not let it get over our heads to Last season he had fuck what he had sixty I think he had sixty goals I think uh, again correct me if I'm wrong I think he had sixty goals that is insane that doesn't happen McDavid doesn't even do that every season okay so there's that there's that not only do they have that that dude they have Mitch Marner who is an ec- at his best again at his best he is not physical but he is an excellent playmaker an excellent passer it's great court vision. He sees what's going on. Sometimes he is powerless to stop. Um, or, or should I? I misspoke. I should have said sometimes he just can't enter the zone, the in the way that Matthews or Nylander can because he's afraid to be physical and afraid to get in there. But uh, he is just he is uh, an elite, elite, elite playmaker. That is his role. He has developed more strength this season. His slap shots have been better. He's taken more of them. Uh, his his shot, he is a very good shooter as well as a playmaker. So there's that. Two very, very elite players. Nylander. Again, at his best, elite. 
he kind of does he's kind of a mixed bag he kind of does a little bit of everything he's a pretty good shooter pretty good playmaker not i wouldn't say he's revolutionary yet either but he's a very good player very well-rounded again at his best at his best very well-rounded in addition to that with that that line i mean they don't play together on on the same line they haven't since a couple years ago i don't think but um that that line at it again i'm gonna say it again at its best is up there with like a marchand line right it's up there that's a those are three very very talented players that any team would love to have then Ilya samson played out of his mind this season um Look, he's no he's no prime flurry, but he got he gets the job done when it needs to when it needs to get done. He's uh, struggled sometimes, but uh, what goalie doesn't? What goalie doesn't? And to begin the season, he was fucking nails, nails. Same with Murray before he got injured. Uh, yeah, at the beginning, this was this was this was a topic of conversation. The Leafs have goal goaltending surplus for once. Both these guys are nails. They were really good at the beginning. Injuries happened. Uh, and then Wall Wall was, Wall was good. He could have been better, but he was good. So there's that. Um, they should employ that. They should they should have that uh, that Zamboni driver that shut him out as who there for the Leaf Zamboni driver, not employed by the Canes. It was the Leaf Zamboni driver that shut the Leafs out. Uh, I don't know if he allowed goals actually, but he. I mean, the Canes won that game, so there you go. Um, yeah, they should they should get him because he's better than uh, again Murray. I, I will say about Murray, Murray is not consistent, and David Ayers is is <laughs> better it's better than Murray. So I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying. Obviously, that's not true. I'm being sarcastic, but this call 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 forty five year old David Ayers up. See see what's good. Um, so yeah, so in addition. In addition to that goalie tandem of dreams, again, on the right day, on a good day, that is a very good goalie tandem to have. In addition to that, they have respectable depth. After the trade deadline, when they moved out some pieces, they moved out some defensive pieces that weren't working. Uh, who did who did they trade? I forget his name. I can picture his face. Forget his name. It was a, he was a defenseman. Anyways, they shipped out some pieces. Uh, they fleshed out their bottom six. They brought in Achari, who I have been very, very impressed with. Very impressed with this play. Very impressed. Sam Lafferty, again, impressed. Uh, both of them, again, we're talking about creating space. They create space. Um, Ryan O'Reilly has been, uh, he was injured, but he's been great. He's been good good veteran presence on a, on a young team. Um, some stability. So fleshed out the bottom six. And also, it's worth mentioning David Kampf. It's worth mentioning Morgan Riley, who, look, Morgan Riley isn't uh, the 1D that everyone thinks he is. Because on another team, he might be the second. But he's still a very, very good, I would say, elite defenseman at his, on, again, on a good day. But he was trash, mostly trash this season. Um, but he came through in a big way in the playoffs, so... That's that's really that's really that's really all I ask. Maybe not other fans, but that's all I ask. Come through in big moments when you need to. Come through when you need to. Uh, if if personal stats be damned, personal stats be damned. Your number one obligation as a player on a team is the team. 
I I despise when athletes forget that. If you play on a team, your dedication, your your energy, and your contribution is for the team primarily. Personal stats are personal stats, and those are great. Those help you get paid. Those help you move up. Those help you do all sorts of wonderful things. Your number one obligation is to the team you play for. And if you forget that, you're worse off for it. You're worse off for it. So that's very important to remember. So that is the level of talent that the Leafs have. They have such, such, such a talented roster. And to just watch them piss it away year after year, I just, I just, I think, I'm just going to come on and say it, you trade one of the core pieces. I think, I think you trade Matthews. Look, he's not going to resign. If he resigns, and he won't. The, the what he is asking for he is asking for 15 million dollars a year he wants mcdavid money to be nowhere near as good as mcdavid uh look look yes he has had incredible seasons matthews even when he's not completely healthy which he wasn't this season he has had wrist issues um still very very respectable stats very very respectable contributions to the team not as much as we're used to from him but valuable these things are valuable now uh look you trade him i think you trade him because his contract is coming up he wants 15 million look what are you gonna get next year from matthews that's better than what you could get from trading him. What are you going to get? Are you going to get 60 goals again? Maybe. Probably not. Right? Are you going to get 100 points? Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. Maybe slightly less. Look. Look. It's, 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 always, it's, always, it's always a painful thing to do. To trade away a player of that caliber that came up with your organization. But it, our, your goal as a GM should be to win a cup. Again, personal stats be damned. Legacy is one thing. It's Legacy is one thing. It's more important than personal stats, even though I'm talking about team legacy, by the way. It's more important than the, your individual player's stats, but it's less important than winning a cup. Your number one goal should always be to win a cup. Of course, to do that, to be successful in the playoffs, you have to make it in the first place. So yeah, there's certain trade-offs you have to make in terms of uh, ensuring longevity, ensuring consistency. Fine. But I I just I just I think you trade Matthews. If it wasn't a contract year, I wouldn't even be mentioning it. Because again, while he has struggled in some in some areas, in some capacities, he's generational. He's fantastic. He's just so talented. And I think that you don't if you're the Leafs. You don't want to give him that $15 million. I, I'll give him Tavares money. I'll give him slightly more. I don't think he's worth more than that. If he if he can show that he can consistently put up the numbers, if consistently have his best day, consistently put up the numbers that we all know he's capable of, then maybe you consider it. Then maybe he shifts the... He shifts... I, look, I think people hold a higher, uh, a higher perspective of Matthews than I do. I think, oh yeah, look, I think he's generational. I think he's just a really, really talented player. But think about what you could get in return. I'm not going to, off the top of my head, if I was put on the spot, I couldn't think of a potential deal. But there's one, I'm sure, I'm sure there's one you could make. I would need, I would need, 
a first line center. I would need an, a prospect haul. That's what I would think. Now, it's a trade-off because if you get a 1C from Matthews, the prospects you get won't be that good. Or if you get really good prospects, the 1C you'll get would be from the fucking Canucks or whatever it is. But uh, you need to replace them in a trade, and you need to shed salary, and you also need to get prospects. That's hard to do. So maybe they don't trade him just because the value that they get wouldn't be enough to to the point where they think it's worth it. If hockey had um, a stat like wins above replacement, I think that would that would help me form a, a, a more solid opinion. But I think you trade Matthews. I just don't see this core winning a cup. I really don't. Because and it's not it's not as if it's not as if I'm you know some fair weather fan that doesn't believe and believe that doesn't have any. Uh, hope in the guys in the guys to make progress. Look, they have a track record of losing. It is what it is at this point. I don't know what you want me to say. I have as much hope as as in as much hope. I have as much of a capacity for sticking it out and and believing in my team as the next guy. Look, they have a track record of doing this. They have developed a losing culture. You need so you need to send a message. You need to shake things up. You need to get someone out of there someone important i think it's matthews because you'll get the most value from him plain and simple does someone accept matthews for who pick pick a name other than a handful other than a handful of guys under other than uh mcdavid uh i can't even think of that many players that couldn't be offered for matthews he's that good he's really talented uh consistently consistency was an issue for him for this season, but just that raw skill set doesn't come by often. That's why I say he's generational. So look, let's say you say you approach Seattle. Look, give me Baneers, give me a couple more NHL guys, and give me your fucking three best prospects, and give me a first round draft pick. Is that a lot? Yes, of course that's a lot. Would would they give that up for say McDavid in a heartbeat? Guaranteed heartbeat. First round draft pick, best prospects, but nearest for McDavid, yeah, yes. Will they do it for Matthews? Debatable. You'd have to play with that, but I think they might. I think they might. Something like that. So I'm not saying I'm not saying deal with Seattle. I'm saying think about it, Kyle Dubas. Think about it. Bag what I'm saying because it makes sense. Maybe it doesn't make sense to everyone. It makes sense to me, and it's my podcast. <laughs> so there you go. I, maybe I'm just waffling. I don't. I don't really know. Uh, man, this is a long one, and we've just finished the hockey part. Let's get into baseball. Let's get into baseball. Um, Toronto is third in the AL East. This is going to be a, sh- in a shorter baseball segment. I'm just going to do a general, a uh, general overlook because I've spent so long talking about hockey. I want to keep this uh, to a minimum today. But yeah, so the Leafs are 23 and 16. I- I've mostly liked what I've seen from them. Look, the biggest thing they've improved on is defense. I didn't really understand how important and how significant an impact fundamental defense, fundamental baseball defense can make um, until I saw the effect of Kevin Kiermaier and Dalton Varsho in the outfield this year. What an improvement. First of all, let's talk about Dalton Varsho. What an improvement over Lourdes Gurriel on the field. Uh, bro. Bro, day and night, day and night, amazing. He's so good in the field. Um, has he made 
of one two blunders with Arizona. Yeah, he did. Has he made a couple with Toronto? I think so. I'm not actually sure. I think so. But for the most part, he's just been great. Amazing in the field. And I'm not just talking about flashy plays. In fact, I'm not talking about flashy plays at all. That's not what I want to see. I don't want to see Kevin Pillar diving. What I want to see is range, speed and range for you to be able to make a catch casually that another guy, say that a Lourdes Gurriel would have to leave his body for. That's what I want to see. I want to see range, fundamental defense. And in that regard, uh, Varsho has been fantastic. Kiermaier has been even better if that was possible. Uh, we know we know what he's done in Tampa. He's coming off hip surgery. He has been as advertised. Plus, because he's been mashing, he's been excellent with the bat. I think he's hitting over. Listen, listen to this statement. Kevin Kiermaier is hitting over three hundred, and we're in mid-May. That is, <laughs> that is insanity. And it's yeah, again, we don't need him to be that hot, but it's it's fantastic that he is. Same with Danny Jensen last year. We don't need the amazing. OPS numbers from Danny Jensen that we did last year, but it's nice to have him. You all, it's always nice to have, right? The, the, uh, you always welcome more offense, and he's been a menace on the base base pass, which is which is lovely to see. Uh, Merrifield has as well. Merrifield has made fantastic contributions so far, and he's talked about that in interviews. Said, "Look, just and I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase. He's basically said, look, give me a chance to play every day." Um, first of all, that's what I'm used to. That's what I was used to in Kansas City. I was the Iron Man for a while. I I do best with regular playing time. Just let me show you what I can contribute to the team. Didn't he's not he's not uh, brag. He doesn't brag. You know he's not flashy, but he gets he contributes to the team in meaningful ways. He swipes a lot of bags. He has nine stolen bases on the season for a dude that's 34. Not bad. Not bad at all. He's pretty good in the outfield. Um, not quite. I wouldn't say quite as good as Springer. Springer is a little better, um, just based on, I guess, the eye test. I don't know what uh, defensive run saved and outs above average has to say about that, but I would say Springer is a little better. Um, but at, at at second base, he's been way better than Espinal has been this year. Espinal is my look. I'm as big a Santiago Espinal fan as you'll find. I pro. I I like. I swear. I promise. I have been rooting for this guy since since the beginning of last year, and I was, I was really happy to see him make the All-Star team, but uh, he's been shite <laughs> this year. It's not, not been great. Pretty trash um, with the bat and also in the field. He has just not been make, making fundamentally sound plays. Had a couple balls like go through his legs. Like, come on. Big leagues can't do that, man. Uh, his contact skills haven't seen much. He has like one homer. Um, haven't been loving what I've seen. Hey, still, still day and night compared to Kevin Vigio, which I hope they package with Anthony Bass to make room for Chad Green when he comes back or Ryu and try to get some sort of pitching prospect at the deadline. That's a deal I would make. Um, I don't want Kevin Vigio on the team, but it is what it is. Espinal hasn't been that guy. And he doesn't deserve to be play, taking playing time away from Whit Merrifield at this point. Do I want Whit playing 162 games? No. Why? Because he's a speedster. Also, because he's 34. Those two elements don't typically mash well together for longevity. Same with Kiermaier. Same sort of problem. So I don't want them to play 162. I'm sure they would want to. But it is what it is. You got you to gotta limit it. So I think I'll make another episode. I think I'll make another episode tomorrow. 
and talk about baseball more in depth because this is where closing in on 45 minutes. So I'm just going to end this one here. I want to thank I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Uh, the Leafs, again, Leafs have been eliminated, and uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure I'll be making this episode again one year, uh, one year from now. Uh, have a good night. Thank you.